tuning into Bad Radical Radio, an interview series podcast about student of color activists, changemakers, and thinkers within NYU and New York at large. I'm your host, Natalie Dogger. Welcome to the fifth episode of Bad Radical Radio. I'm so glad that you can join in on the conversation with us. Last week, I spoke with Dorian Given, owner of the Instagram page Black Woman Activist. And this week, I have with me Jocelyn Bilheimer. And Jocelyn is known online as Chatty Afro. She's a thinker, writer, cultural commentator, and docu-filmmaker from the south suburbs of Chicago. She spent one year at NYU in Titch Film Program, but is now currently on a gap year and is looking to transfer. She has a passion for art, media, spirituality, and womanism. She currently writes for NextWaveChicago.com and works on independent documentary projects. Before we begin our conversation, I would like for you to join me in acknowledging and honoring the occupied indigenous Lenape land on which we stand. If you are currently outside of New York City, I encourage you to go to native-land.ca to learn more about the land on which you occupy. Stay tuned for our engaging conversation on art, spirituality, Black history, and Chicago. Okay, um, so I just introduced you and um, talked about how you are a writer for Next Wave Chicago. Um, yes. How are you doing? How are you? Oh, wow. See, that question is so important. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am doing a lot better. Um, 2019 has definitely been a year of just figuring out my path and growing and, like, doing a lot of soul-searching. So, yeah, I've just been on that wave recently. Mm. And it feels good. It feels good to, like, you know, settle down, focus on me, you know, reevaluate all my options. Because, like, I remember when I was in school, it just felt like a rat race, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know you, but, took the, you took the month of March to just, you know, like, find your place. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. yeah. How's the weather out in Chicago? So, we had a pretty cold winter. Like, the winds were just super cold. Like, wind chill, super low. Um... It's getting better now. Like, it's starting to feel like spring. Like, yesterday or the day before, we had, like, 60-something degrees weather. So that was cute. So, like, spring is coming, but then, like, today it got a little chilly again, you know? Yeah. And it was raining. So by the end of this month, it's going to be real nice weather. Because I'm wondering if the weather, like, affects your creative process and affects how you feel in general. Yeah, I definitely think the weather affects just, like, my overall mood, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. In the summer, I just feel more excited to wake up and, like, get out and do things for the day. But, like, when it's winter and it's dark and it's cold, I don't know. I'd be feeling like that. I'm yeah. like, mm, I feel the way this weather feels. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
I was going to ask also, like, how did Chicago influence your work in a way that, you know, um, in a way that's different from New York? Mm, okay. So, first things first, like, where I come from in Chicago is just such an interesting place because, like, I grew up around a lot of different types of people at different intersections. So, like, I'm from the South Suburbs, which is black. Like, I'm from, like, an all-black suburb. But, like, this was the place where, like, a lot of black people, once they made it to a certain socioeconomic status, moved here, like, away from the city. Mm. And the white people that were here left. So you have, like, the bougie blacks who were trying to, like, you know. And then now, since, the, like, all the gentrification happening in Chicago... Now they're displacing the black and brown people from the city out to where I live. So it's just like, I've always just been aware of race and people and class and gender and how those things, like, affect how different people are allowed to, like, operate in the world. And I feel like that's come from, like, where, where I grew up, where I went to school, how I saw people being treated or, like mistreated, like, noticing those patterns. So, like, knowing that, and then also Chicago is just so historically black American and, like, I don't know, kind of outspoken with it. Hmm. That's what I, like, try to emulate in what I do and how I present myself and, like, my voice in my art. Hmm, yeah. And, um, so, like, I know that in Chicago, they're planning on building, I think it's a library dedicated to the Obamas. Is that actually? Yes. That's right. How far is that from where you live? Is that close to the south side of Chicago? Yeah, so that's like, it's going to be in Hyde Park, I think. Don't quote me on that. But it's definitely on the south side. I am south of the far south side. So it'll take me like 30 minutes to get there. Mm, okay. like I'm, I'm considerably outside of the city, oh, God. but, okay. like, those connections are still there. Like, it's not too far, but it's far enough that it's like, okay, like, if I tried to say I was from the South Side, I would be like, girl, your area code says Elf, like, Elf, I, I don't know, but, like, you're not from Chicago, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was going to ask your thoughts on that. I know I have a few friends from Chicago, um, and, you know, Brina, Jerusalem. And yes. <laughs> and so um, I was talking to Brina about it, and um, she mentioned a really good point about how it'll just attract more tourists, and the tourism industry in Chicago will obviously mm. do that, um, I guess, as a, as a, a platform or incentive to basically start gentrifying uh, that area even more, even yep. if it wasn't the Obama's intention to do so. Um, so what are your right. thoughts on that? Right. Like, so I feel like on one hand, I see what they're trying to do. Like, okay, like this is their way of trying to give back to their city and like, you know, put their city on the map. But then like what I also have to think is, okay, but at what cost? You know, like, whose life is about to be, like, completely affected by this 
like, for, probably for the negative, like, being misplaced, maybe not, like, being exed out of, like, their communities, having their businesses ran out, like, who is this going to affect? And, like, all the times it's, like, lower income black and brown folks. So, like, I don't know. Like, while I'm happy that they're trying to put our city on, it's also, like, I don't know. I feel like there are other ways that they could have given back that would benefit the people more than, like, like others have said, like, this is kind of just, like, a tourism thing, like a watered-down version of, like, giving back to their city and giving back to the people who supported them in the city. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And when it comes to documentaries and, you know, you creating your um, own independent documentary project, do you hope to cover issues like this, or what kind of issues do you cover, hope to cover with your documentary? Yeah, so, like, I'm more so looking at, right now I have some ideas that are more so around, like, up-and-coming artists and thinkers or, like, just young people, young black people who have just interesting opinions or lifestyles or, like, dreams that I would like, that I would like to highlight. And, like, I think at first I was just going to do it alone, but, like, there's some work for that to maybe become a part of a bigger project. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, really that. But then also, like, I really am interested in, like, seeing how art affects the spirit, how spirit and spirituality affects culture. Like, I recently, like, now I'm thinking about focusing on loud black women and, like, reclaiming the loud black woman stereotype. And, like, doing so through my writing and, like, different things, but also through sound projects, through mixing. Like, there's a lot that's about to happen with that in Chatty Afro because, like, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I never heard of of anybody talking about um, art impact on spirituality. I mean, it may just be because I'm not into art, but... (laughs) But, um... (laughs) That is very, like, could you get a little bit deeper into that and, like, your personal, um, like, what inspired you to look at art from that angle? Totally. So, like, right now I am very much in a, I'm in a very spiritual place. Um, specifically, like, who I'm following, who I'm rocking with, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, just for a multitude of reasons. But, like, as I found myself growing in self-love and, like, doing the work and, like, really evaluating, like, my wrongs or, like, different wrong turns that I've made in my life, I've also been growing in, like, my relationship with God. Mm. And they've been, like, help. Those two things have been helping each other, like, improve. Like, as I love myself, I'm loving God and, like, a true God, you know, like, a personal God, you know, like, when you get personal with God, then God gets personal with you, and, like, I have a bunch of, like, I've been doing watercolor paintings in my free time, or even, like, different playlists I've made, or um, essays I've written, a lot of it is, like, talking about God and, like, the many different ways that you can find it, or find God in life, so... 
be that in other people, be that in the music you're listening to, be that in the fellowship that you're participating in, in a piece of art that you're looking at, at like a sound, a dance move, a hug, like all these things are like performance, but like gifts of creation, you know? And like we're here to share that idly. So like right now I'm really into, really, really into Jesus. I have a story to tell because I've done a lot of shopping around different spiritual systems. Um, definitely, like, been interested in a lot of different things. Some of it got me a little caught up, so, like, I'm really grateful to, like, God revealing God's self to me. Um, the people that I'm around are also really spiritual. Like, I have different friends where studying divinity, you're, like, into these different, like, spiritual systems, so it's, like, cool to always have someone to talk about that with, coming from just a spiritual background, going to the schools, the family, like, all that, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I have a documentary idea, like, that'll be out soon, I won't share too much, but it's definitely about women like me, who've had spiritual awakenings, and how it's impacted their life, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do you see... That kind of, what do you see that space for spirituality, wellness, um, and activism? Because it can be very, Ooh. it can be tiring. I'm sorry if you hear the barking. That's my dog. Um, <laughs> yes, very, very necessary in activism because that is what propelled our ancestors forward period, when it comes to standing up for themselves, when it comes to radically loving each other, when it comes to, like, changing cultural norms and things that were against them. God was at the center of all of it. And what I find interesting right now, we're living in a time where spirituality is being rebranded and kind of packaged to us, and people aren't talking about how Jesus was, like, a radical and, like, against the state and, like, hung out with outcasts and uplifted the poor and, like, wanted, like, wealth to be distributed to evenly, people to treat each other fairly, like, remember we're human but also here to, like, do God's will. Like, Jesus was, like, a lot of radical things. Like, when you go to church anywhere in America, every Sunday they're just preaching prosperity, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, y'all, like... They're really de-radicalizing what religion was for so many, or, like, spirituality, God, like, some of it is organized religion, but, like, they're really de-radicalizing what it's been for a lot of marginalized groups throughout history, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, would the Haitian Revolution, would that have happened if those people weren't so deep in their spiritual practices? Mm-hmm. Would people have escaped slavery if they hadn't heard the Exodus story of the Bible? Um, would Martin Luther King have moved crowds and Mahalia Jackson, Mahalia Jackson, like with their voices, with their words, would that have moved if they weren't trained in the black church? These were meeting grounds for dissent. Same things happened to schools and colleges. These used to be meeting grounds for dissent. Hmm. And now they're just de-radicalizing it and trying to sell it back to people in this way where they aren't really focusing on freeing themselves, freeing each other, loving radically but kind of focusing on on just being, like, comfortable. And and, um, I also was thinking about how a lot of people um, 
who follow God, who recognize Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, um, or I well, I can't speak for all organized religion, but they're mm-hmm. scared of the word radical. Like, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and also, um, well, I feel like with grassroots organizations, there's no shying away from the word, but I feel like, I don't even know how to describe it, but probably in more organized politics as well, politicians are afraid of the word radical. Because that means you're overturning the entire system. They don't want that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for that. Um, Okay, now I want to talk about, oh, you're writing for Next Wave Chicago. So can you tell Uh, me a little bit about that? Totally. So Next Wave Chicago is a website started by my friend Timone, shout out to Timone, a couple years back to basically be like a hub for up-and-coming like artists in the Chicago area or like anywhere, just like music, film, like opinion pieces, just like a blog for different people to contribute and like just share their side of what's happening in music right now. Mm. And so I've been writing for this site for a little while. I've done a lot of different pieces on, like, up-and-coming female rappers, black women in music, Um, but then also just, like, um, different artists that I think are pushing the envelope in ways that, like, are necessary. Um, Different people I've met, like, I met in New York, like, some friends I had who... Mm made music, interviewed them, too. So it's been a cool experience. Cool. Yeah, I can't wait to hear more about them and go on to the site myself. And what I realized um, with you talking about, you know, the subject that you like to focus on for your documentary, What Next Wave Chicago is about, I noticed you focus a lot on community. Um, yeah. Yeah. So how important is that to you in your activism and in your work? I think it's very important. Um, ironically, I'm still trying to find my community, um, in like a physical sense, like a place where I can go and like Mm. really just feel like, oh, this is where I belong outside of like family and friends and stuff. You know those people who just have those communities when it comes to, like, their work or their activism or, like, their their craft. Like, right now, in 2019, I do not have that. Mm-hmm. And I think it helps with, like, staying focused and accountability and just, like, cranking things out. Like, I, I feel like that helps. So I'm still looking for that space, that collective of people to, like, you know, really lean on community-wise when it comes to my art. Okay, so, Chatty Afro, it's your <laughs> persona. I love the name, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, Chatty Afro is essentially, like, uh, your online persona. Um, but again, but then you had to take a break from social media for a month. So, I guess, how do you reconcile, you know, um, being online and having that be where your work is, but also prioritizing your health? Ooh, yeah, that's such a good question. Because I'm still trying to find that balance. Because on one hand, I'm like, 
oh my gosh, if I was still in New York right now on my grind, like whatever, whatever, like I would have this type of, I don't know, outlook for my summer, this type of internship, this type of mm. event that I'd be curating. Like, the, like, you know, you think that, oh my gosh, like the more you just give yourself up for consumption, like the better it'll turn out. But like, I also just have to remember that like, a lot of that is, like, another performance or, like, just, like, a place to compare yourself to other people. Mm. Or at least that's what it was becoming for me. And that's not really healthy. Like, that wasn't healthy for me. Like, I needed to, like, chill out, go at my own pace, realize that, like, because I'm not constantly sharing about, like, how I feel or what I'm making or what I'm about to make doesn't mean that, like, those things aren't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to announce it and share it with the world for people to know that I'm an artist or know that I'm a writer or, like, know that, you know, I'm young and figuring out my different, like, my calling and my aesthetics and stuff. Like, that doesn't need to be on display for the world 24-7. So... Yeah, it was just kind of like learning how to be okay with myself for myself and not constantly, you know, be okay with myself because I'm putting myself out there for a bunch of people to like my picture, like my my film, or like comment, like, oh my gosh, yes, queen. Like, that's not what life is supposed to be about for me right now. Mm. Yeah, and then going back to what you said about community and physical connection. Um, right. Yeah, so how do you, how do you hope to translate your work with Chatty Apple, your work with Next Wave Chicago, um, into physical community? Like, amazing question. I feel like definitely once I start working on my projects for real, like these are ideas start to come to fruition and I actually start to collaborate with other artists where I'm at, other young black people, other thinkers. Like once that collaboration starts to happen, Mm. I feel like I'm just going to like make my own community for myself. You know, like right now my community is like my friends, my family, but like once I start to get out there with my work, I'll start to make that community of like peers and artists and all that. So Chatty Afro will have a community physically. And then when it comes to making a community online, like, I'm really thinking about having my own, like, loud black fam collective or mag or website or something under that name. So, like, I'm also creating a community for, like, writers and musicians and artists and thinkers to, like, just be loud and, like talk about their experiences and stuff so it's another thing (laughs) oh that is great that really is um oh i have a question that i actually asked my guest last week um doyen given and okay wow (laughs) and i asked her um who are the black woman activists that you look up to the most? So I'm going to forward that same question to you. Who are your favorite black woman activists? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, off rip, I feel like Nina Simone is just a great human being who, like, 
it's funny because she talks about often how she felt like she didn't really have a choice but to be an activist. Mm. You know, like when you are a black woman and you look a certain way and experience certain traumas, like people just expect you immediately to like be for the cause or like be, I hate, like I'm not a huge fan of this word, like many people, but it doesn't expect you to be woke. And it's like, um, I mean, yes, I do care about those things and I do want to like stand up <laughs> against it, but like not because I look like this, but mm. because I have a heart, because <laughs> I have an eye, because I have eyes, because I have a brain, and I put these things together, and I'm like, you're treated by people shitty, like mm-hmm. that's why right. I want to be an activist. But yeah, she just took it all with grace and like was super unapologetic in her art displaying her activism, even in, like, how she performed and how she expected people to, like, treat her and respect her. Like, I'm going to go with this Nina. Yeah. Also Lauren Hill. But I don't think Lauren Hill is an act. I don't know. I just like the way she lived her life and fame. Like, <laughs> she was just, <laughs> she just made some good stuff and then, like, minded her business. Like, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, Doya mentioned Nina Simone being one of her favorites as well. And, yeah, I think Nina definitely, like you said, she really didn't have a choice. She had to make the political, her personal, her personal, her political. Yes. Yeah, and I I feel like you're doing the same thing, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Um. So, yeah, uh, so along with Chatty Afro, along with Next Wave Chicago, are there any more projects that you're personally working on or larger group projects that you're a part of? So, um, I'm working on some things, like, more so looking down a music route, um, just curating some more playlists, doing some mixes, maybe making music. Like, I'm just interested in, like, making what I write about and consume all the time. Like, okay, like, Mm. I'm always listening to music, always dancing, always, like, thinking of remixes or whatever. Like, maybe I should just try to do this, you know? Mm. So that's something new that I want to start working towards. And y'all should definitely check out her playlist with Antira Music. Shout out to yeah! Gabriel. <laughs> I know he's going to be happy with he hears this. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. Antira Music on Instagram and Spotify. Yes, yes. And on SoundCloud, I think. Yes, it's on Spotify. I will put the um the link or the handle to it in the description. But yes, check it oh, out. Thank you, yeah. thank you. So that playlist is light. Yeah. Like, it was so much by making that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jocelyn, for for speaking with me. It really was a pleasure. Thank you, Natalie. This was so cool. Like, I'm wishing you the best with the rest of this project and all your future endeavors. Like, this was great. You're great. Yes, definitely. And we will keep in contact. Because it's weird to me. This is, for everyone listening, this is literally our first time having a full-on conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Most of my guests I've spoken to before, we've been friends. But Jocelyn, we have a lot of mutual friends. 
So yes, yeah, run in similar circles. I'm so happy to have talked to you. That concludes the fifth episode of Bad Radical Radio. I hope you gain new knowledge from our conversation. And you feel encouraged to put that knowledge to work in your own plastic. Thank you so much for joining us for the fifth episode. I'm Natalie Doggett.